It's the Braincast, Braincast, the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, listen to the show Because you're in for the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, oh Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Bill Bodkin. I'm here on the Breakcast. This is the special edition Oscar Breakcast, and I am here talking to the California kid, Dan Cohen, who luckily is not here at the Pop Break Mothership in South Amboy, New Jersey, where it is just about zero degrees in the windshield. Uh, he is in sunny, hopefully sunny, Los Angeles, California. So, Dan, PopBreak.com's film editor and Oscar guru, how are you doing on this morning? I'm doing great. There's certainly no snow here. I apologize for that, although it's not my fault. But yes, we're we're here to talk about the Oscars. The, the Oscars, they really are like the movie equivalent to Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, I mean, whatever, Flag Day. All rolled into one glorious three and a half to four hour ceremony where rich people are congratulating themselves, handing out awards. We're going to break it all down. We're going to talk about the front runners, the snubs. Uh, we're going to make our predictions on all the major categories. I'm ready to go. Cool, man. Yeah, and, and it's funny uh, when you talk about the Oscars and how it's like a, the celebration of rich people. Um, a lot of people, I, you know, a lot of people crap on that. A lot of people get really just like, man, the Oscars, eh, they're rich people, eh, it's movies. Uh, to me, uh, and in, in many respects, those people are right. They have their opinion. To me, this is the Super Bowl for pop culture. This is, Absolutely. I get I get so amped uh, for the Oscars. Um, you know, my wife and I, every every year, actually, this is the, when we first started talking, um, on AOL Instant Messenger to date myself. Um, it was Oscar weekend, and we were talking to each other through the whole thing. So, like, to me, it's like, and it's since become a tradition to watch the Oscars together, and, like, we have, like, side bets and stuff like that. And it's, yeah, and, it's cool. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, and look, sometimes all the hoopla and the shenanigans gets to me, too. Like, like yeah, there's a lot of bad jokes that we're going to have to endure, yada, yada, yada. But uh, when, once it gets into the movies, once it gets into the awards... It, it, it's good. It's good, especially that last ninety minutes when they're just cranking out all the major stuff. It's exciting, and um, yeah, you got to check through a lot of bad stuff, but it's good. It, it's I, I love it. Yeah, you'll definitely love it more than uh, the Golden Globes. Uh, a little in, inside baseball. Uh, I got an email about uh, from Dan about five seconds after the Golden Globes um, ended, and said, "Bill, I will never." ever review this again this is the worst thing i've ever seen in my life um, no, it's just I people bad. just walking around like jackasses they're all drunk it's just like it's just awkward like i mean it, it all started off with I, I don't know about you but jennifer aniston just looked like she was pissed off at the world i don't know what the hell was going on but she can't present a nice little award with benedict cumberbatch i mean i don't know maybe that's why uh, she lost her oscar nomination which some people felt like that was a snub I don't know. Just it's awkward. People are making jackasses of themselves. I don't like it. Uh, it sounds like a regular Friday night for me, actually. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, you've never hung out with me um, when I've yeah. Never mind. That's a, that's a different <laughs> podcast and different. Actually, if you listen to the first ever podcast, uh, a breakcast, I should say, we did. Uh, you could find that on iTunes. Uh, you'll you'll hear about my legendary drinking. Uh, so anyway, we're gonna break oh. into it. Uh, we're gonna start off with Dan's least favorite category, in my opinion. 
the host, who this year will be Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, in fact, Dan's pre-show notes to, to me was, please touch on this quickly because I really don't care about Neil Patrick Harris. Well, okay. I want to now. I want to clarify that a little bit. Now, I don't care about the Oscar host. Okay. Um, now, I, I I like Neil Patrick Harris. I think he'll do a fine job. I think it's actually a solid pick. I think he's going to move the show along. He'll be funny, but I'm just like like I said earlier. I don't care about the coupla. I damn it, give me the awards. I mean, let's get into this. Um, I don't need the whole dog and pony show. I'm um, like, even though, like, here's the thing, like last year, like, you know, Ellen, I thought was solid. Like she didn't do anything like crazy. And that was actually, I actually like that because she just moved the show along. Was she super funny? No, but I, I'm just kind of like over the, the Ricky Gervais style of I'm just going to go on stage. And for the next five minutes, I'm just going to rip into this crowd and I'm not going to hold back. Neil Patrick Harris is going to be fine. Just you know, throw in a couple legendaries, wait for it, do a one song and dance number, and let's get going. So that's like, I mean, that's really honestly all I have to say about the host. He'll be fine. We'll move the show along. Let's get into the awards. Yeah, my, my, my problem with the host was I, I felt like maybe 10 years ago, the hosts were, were so much more important. Uh, and I, I felt like, true, and true. I felt like, like the Golden Globes this year. Going back to that, your fa- least favorite show of the year, um, they were like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. This is their last year doing it. They were on screen for maybe five ten minutes. So I was like, they were barely there, and they're actually their monologue was actually pretty good. And oh, it was really good. That's what I mean. It's just like, and I felt the same with Ellen last year. It's like she had her one or two bits, and then she was uh, barely seen. Um, I feel like there has to be a better balance. I think because it was for years just the Billy Crystal show. And I think after, you know, uh, you know, we can well, always, always. It. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. He perfected it. And it's kind of like after that, I guess I've just like given up. Like, and plus, I mean, look, it's the Twitter age. It's the Facebook age. Like no one's going to be appreciative of the Oscar host. It's everyone's ready to go with their laptops, ready to type out and complain. So just, I, I guess like my feeling is, is just don't screw it up. Like Anne Hathaway and uh, what James Franco? I mean, that was just—I mean, that was a shit show. Yeah, I mean, well, Seth MacFarlane was, was Seth MacFarlane. I mean, I thought he was funny, but I, I, he obviously definitely got a lot of heat for a lot of his stuff. I think Neil Patrick Harris uh, is the, is an entertainer more than he is an actor or a comedian, classy, and that's yeah. what's most important to me. And he was very impressive in Gone Girl, I have to say. So I was—I I think um, I hope they make a joke about Gone Girl not getting nominated. Uh, for an Oscar this year, except for one category. So I think that kind of randomly segues us, not randomly, but segues us into the snubs, I think. that's. I think we should get our, uh, we should get the hate out of the way first. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely always, have some. Yeah, there's, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be, that's the first thing that people talk about whenever the Oscar nominations are announced. It's, it's, it's Snubville. But yeah, no, I'm curious to, I mean, what are, what are some of your big snubs? Well, I, I have to say the number one snub of this year, uh, and it's not, it's the, the Lego movie. Yeah. Uh, to me, I saw the Lego movie probably about uh, a month before the nominations came out, and I loved it. It was, it's probably one of my favorite movies that came out last year. Uh, and it was, and I, I look back on it, the critical acclaim was there. The, the box office was there. And uh, so to me, for it to not be nominated, I'll be honest, I didn't see all the rest of the nominations. And I'm glad, you know, I'm glad they got nominated. They worked hard on it. But to me, that was the, one of the premier movies of last year. And for it to get like a passing, well, it's nominated for Best Song. And it's not going to win, by the way. No. It's going to, well, 
Okay, I'll give it's a, it's could, a, it's could, a weak year for best song. I mean, no, oh, I I was gonna oh. say it was gonna go to Selma, but I have a feeling the Academy might be a little hesitant to have Common on stage with a live microphone, especially after all the snubs Selma received. I oh, okay. yeah, so which I think is a shame because it's actually a good song that actually has a good. It actually ties into the movie very well. I actually think it's going to win best song, honestly, by default. I, I just think this was just a weak year for best song. Where it's like it's kind of funny because the last few years, I mean, it was both both of them were locks. Because last year you had Let It Go, which just won everything, oh. and then the year before, yeah, you had the Skyfall theme. So I mean, this year with best song, like it's a little bit more up in the air, I guess. But I just think that that song from Song was going to win by default. But my, my big yeah, so my biggest snub of the year was the Lego Movie, followed in part by. Something we were talking right before we went on the air. Um, Gone Girl, to me, I, I did watch it last night. Uh, it was it was on sale on Target for like ten bucks. So I was like, oh, boom, I'll pick it up. And I, maybe I appreciated it a little less the second viewing around, but that first time, to me, hit me like a modern day Hitchcock. And I thought it was a great movie. And you know, maybe I can see it not getting nominated for best picture, but for not for best adapted screenplay, really boggles my mind. Because, well, the one that boggles my mind is director, but well, I mean, like, well, I'm going to do a little throwback for you. You are you're a big proponent of Fincher at the Academy Awards, obviously, since one of your first pieces on this site ever was um, kind of a, a really annoyed editorial at why the King's Speech was going to win over the Social Network. Yeah, and we, and you know, it's funny you bring that up because we have sort of another case with that because with Gone Girl. And I, you know, I'm a little bit like you with Gone Girl as well, in that when I first saw it, I loved it. And I admire a lot of what into it. As the days kind of went by, it, I just kind of, I don't want to say I forgot about it, but it just didn't have that staying power with me. Which is such um, a surprise, man, because the the it was like this gargantuan like momentum behind it. It's like, this is like, this is going to win the Oscar. Like, I'm not even yeah. talking financial. I'm talking like people like, the, the publications were like, this is it. Like, this is, like, this is... It was like, my front pedigree. runner for a while. I mean, and I think... But here's the thing. To be honest with you, the best picture snub didn't shock me. I mean, it's I was surprised. Um, but what really... And I want to get back to that best director thing that you Go were talking it, about. Yeah. Because David Fincher, even... Look, even if you don't love Gone Girl, you have to admire the craft in all the intricate workings that went into making that film work. I mean, it is beautifully shot. It's beautifully edited. And then for a guy like, I'm not even sure if I'm completely pronouncing his name right, but Morton Tilden for The Imitation Game. And I'm just going to put it right out there for you guys. I don't like The Imitation Game. It is a mediocre, paint-by-numbers, very generic film that just plays it really safe. And for that guy to get nominated for Best Director for just this run-of-the-mill whatever film... And for a guy like Fincher, who... And first of all, Fincher should just be nominated because the guy got a great performance out of Tyler Perry. Oh, I mean, come did. on. Like, oh, my God. That's like, that's worth the best director win. And so, <laughs> it, it, and like, this is the thing. And that's why just the ambition of that film is why you should give him a director nomination over a guy like The Imitation Game, who is just, like I said, it, it is a little King's Speech-esque in that it's just very paint-by-numbers. And, you know, one of my other snubs... I'm kind of going along in the same category, and I guess it's not really a snub because he never really had a chance. And 
I know people are going to go roll their eyes, but I'm sorry. Christopher Nolan should have gotten consideration for Interstellar. There, I said it. Oh, the man. Guy, yeah. The ambition and what went into that film is unlike anything we've seen in years. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not the type of guy who's just going to give out brownie points and participation ribbons for just having an ambition, ambitious film, okay? I hate The Tree of Life with hurting passion. Oh, right? it's terrible. It's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I, you know what? I'm not even going to really argue with that. Oh, but, <laughs> but, yeah, but it's ambitious as hell, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing you can't deny. But he misses the mark, whereas I feel like, you know, I almost want the Oscars to evaluate things like, I guess, how they do with diving, which is like degree of difficulty. And the degree of difficulty with Interstellar, and I think Nolan, he didn't just succeed, but he hit most of the marks for that movie. He got unbelievable performances, and he should have gotten consideration over, again, the just... Guys like The Imitation Game, and I know The Theory of Everything was a nominee for Best Director, but that to me is just kind of another, like, you know, it's good, but it's not really taking any chances. So, um, but, but I mean, Interstellar in general is kind of one of my snubs. The big head-scratcher uh, to me is Foxcatcher gets nominated for everything. Except, really possible. Ex- except uh, Best Picture. And they had, an ex- they had, like, what, one or two extra slots for nominations, like... I don't understand how you get nominated for everything and then accept Best Picture. Well, in Foxcatcher, it is one of my favorite movies of the year. If you've read me on the site, you know I just slobber all over that film. The performances are, I mean, they speak for themselves. Um, I was, and Bennett Miller getting the director nomination was kind of a surprise, and I was so thrilled for him to get that because I actually, if I were picking that category, I would actually pick him, even though he's probably like running last in that category. Probably. Um, but just the tone and the atmosphere that he was able to create in that film is just beautiful. And this is actually, it kind of leads into another bigger topic with Best Picture this year that I kind of that I kind of was thinking about is that you look at the movies that got nominated and you look at the movies that didn't, right? Gone Girl, Foxcatcher, Nightcrawler. These were all movies that were in consideration to be nominated for Best Picture. Okay, they got they got the Producer Guild nominations, and that's always you always hear people say that's the biggest indicator of what's going to get nominated for Best Picture, right? Yeah. All three of them are out, and what what all three of those films have in common is that they're very dark, they're very cold, kind of depressing. Um, whereas, but they are, but all three of them are extremely well made, and I feel like the Oscars, and it's not just this year, but in really recent years. They got a little softer, just kind of went more for the more ins- inspirational movies, and that's fine. I mean, I, I love a lot of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture. I, re- I really don't have a big issue with the movies that were nominated this year, except for a couple. Um, and I just, I kind of feel like, you know, this was the Academy that years ago in the early 90s gave the Silence of the Lambs a Best Picture win, yeah. not just the nomination. I just feel like they've lost some of that with the Fox Catchers and the Nightcrawlers and the Gone Girls of the World. Are they the most fun movies to go see? Are they going to take a lot out of you emotionally? Yes. But they're also extremely well made. So I think they've lost some of that. I think the biggest snub, I mean, and this is coming from someone who hasn't seen it, but, you know, reading the tea leaves of the pre-nomination and all the other awards that were going on at the time is, and I'm going to butcher his name, is David Oyelowo from Selma. To me, I look at it, and as I've mentioned once or twice already, I haven't seen every movie that's been nominated, but to me, I look at like Benedict Cumberbatch. This isn't going to be his first rodeo. He's going to be nominated again. David Oyelo, this is like he's playing one of the most iconic men in American history, if not no world history. And from every review I've read, from yours to you know everyone else, 
the man was amazing. Oh, he was. And, and I, it, it just, just blows my mind that he was not nominated. I wasn't that surprised because of this reason. And people have to... And best actor is always the category where people are going to cry, snub, snub, snub. Because it's, it's just... It's the deepest category every single year. I mean, look at last year. It was absurd, right? I mean, you couldn't get Tom Hanks in for that performance in Captain Phillips. No. It was just too stacked a year. And yes, I... Like, David... Here's the thing, you know... We're going to talk about Best Actor more later when we get into the predictions, but I I feel like, you know, you mentioned Benedict Cumberbatch. He'll be around again. You're probably right. I'm not the biggest Cumberbatch fan. I think he's good. I I, I think that he has a really cool name and a cool voice, and he He just gets a lot of credit for that. Um, And, I, you know, I think he's a solid actor. Um, I personally would absolutely not have had him nominated this year for best actor in comparison to people like David Oyel in comparison to Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler. I'm sorry. You're going to compare Cumberbatch's performance to what Gyllenhaal did in Nightcrawler. Ridiculous. Gyllenhaal owned that role from beginning to end. And it's just like with Cumberbatch, I mean, what, what was his big scene in that movie? What was his big breakout moment? Whereas with the other nominees, I can cite three or four. And so the thing is like David Oyel. I mean, I definitely would have had him in over a guy like Cumberbatch, and honestly, probably Eddie Redmayne, which we're going to talk about later. Oh, I have some, yeah. I, I have some thoughts on that, but I can't say it's a snub just because Best Actor is tough to navigate the waters with. It's always the most stacked category. I'm, I'm still going to say it's a snub. I still will. And I, with Nightcrawler, um, I saw it, uh, and I have to say, as a movie. It was good, but I, you know I can see why it didn't get nominated. The Gyllenhaal no, one, me too, me yeah, too. the Gyllenhaal yeah. one is is definitely a head scratcher. But then again, I mean, just to make the cut this year, it was tough. But I definitely think, I definitely think Oyelowo. I think he was, you know, in terms of the general Oscars, when you're looking at it from the outside, not a personal belief because I didn't see it, is the big snub for me. The Lego Movie, um, and I think that I think the the reaction those guys have had to it uh, has been amazing. Uh, you know, building their own, building their own Lego out of uh, Oscar out of Legos, um, being at the BAFTAs, saying that they were their favorite Academy. You win it in our hearts. Um, I think that was kind of cute. Well, uh, I, mean, I, just, I just want to kind of tackle the Lego movie for a little bit too, and sure. because I mean, look, it was. I mean, let's be honest, it was one of the biggest snub stories we've had, in, probably since Ben Affleck snub for best director. Um, in our, back in Argo a couple of years ago. I, I have to say, now, I want to be very clear about this. I love the Lego movie. It's probably the best animated movie I've seen since Toy Story 3. Oh, um, God, that I, movie I think just tears your heart out. And I, I think there's been, I mean, I think animated movies, I kind of feel like there's been a drop-off since then. I haven't been impressed with a lot of animated movies in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, Now, I just want to say, I haven't seen any of the best animated feature nominees. I mean, for all I know, maybe they're all better than Lego movie. I find that hard to believe. But whatever. But my point is, is that when it didn't get nominated, I wasn't completely shocked because, first of all, what you have to remember is it came out in February of 2014, which that's one of the things that pisses me off about the Oscars that like they can't remember what happened, you know, over four months ago. Eternal Sunshine on Spotless Mind, man. Yeah, that, that's a that's a big example. That's a yeah. great example. And the Lego movie, first of all, yeah, it came out earlier in the year. I also just feel like. At the end of the day, I think it was too hip for the Oscars. Um, I yeah, think that I and it's that. a lot of and I think this is a time more than ever 
where Academy members despise, detest, and cannot stand franchise filmmaking, which is weird because the Lego actually satirizes that. But of course, what, yeah. But what the Academy sees is Lego versions of Batman, Lego versions of Superman, you know, Lego version of this, Lego version of that. And I just think that that's probably off-putting to them, which is which is why it didn't surprise me that it didn't get nominated. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie, though, and it definitely should have been. Are we, are we surprised Lord of the Rings didn't get nominated for Best Picture? I'm sorry, The, the Hobbit. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> the most forget, forgettable blockbusters of all time, man. Like, it's like, I love those movies that, like, they make, like, hundreds of millions of dollars and, like, no one... It's it's on no one's, like, treasured list, you know what No I mean? one cares. It's yeah. like, it's kind but of but like they with do the because movies. The, yeah, because... They, they make, like, that fourth Pirates movie oh, made it. over a billion dollars worldwide, which, when I saw that number... Shocked me! Like, does anybody like Pirates of the Caribbean four? Uh, I think I own it. I think I own it. I think I got it for Christmas. Are you sure about that? You own Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides? Uh, yeah, I think it was like because I think my mom got it for me. All right, well, that's for. I mean, okay. I I just, I just, you know, is there anybody out there that remembers that fourth Pirates movie? I don't know. Um, but yeah, they made a lot of money, you know. But I think you're right, though. The Hobbit. It's just one of those things where. First of all, I mean, come on, the quality of the Hobbit trilogy is, is not even in the same galaxy as the quality of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. Oh, um, speaking of galaxy, could we just say, like, as much as I love Guardians of the Galaxy, for everyone who was annoyed to dig any nominations for Best Picture, you have to just, just take a deep breath and realize it was never going to get nominated. It just wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It had no chance. And I just, I also want to say this: that look, Guardians of the Galaxy is a great movie. I don't get me wrong. And I'm not really a big Marvel. You uh, are not. You are not a Marvel I'm, guy. I'm really not. But I did like Guardians. I thought Guardians kind of broke the mold a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, you're right, Bill. It was never going to get. And like, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. More now, more than ever, I think the Academy is so resistant towards these franchise blockbusters. Mm -hmm. I think they're actually further away from nominating like a superhero movie or a genre film. And it's just like, it's, it's just, look, it's one of those things. And, but it's so funny, Dan, it's like the reason they expanded it. The nominate, like the, the best picture nominations was because right. of a superhero and franchise movie. But what you have to remember is that in, okay. So in 2009 and 2010, that was absolutely the case. You saw movies like district nine get nominated. That's you true. saw movies like, movie. you saw movies like inception get nominated. Now, after 2010, though, they changed the system again, is that, yes, it's an expanded field, but now you have to get a certain amount of first place. That's right. That's right. And now, like, honestly, like even more than ever, it's going to be more Academy friendly type movies. So you really if Guardians of the Galaxy came out in 2009 or 2010, it probably would have gotten a nomination. Um, but now after 2010, they're back to the normal oscar type movies there's just more oscar type movies so the expanded field thing you know you got to get off on um because it's the whole system's different now since 2010 cool all right uh why don't we move into predictions man uh where would you like to start dan it's a uh, dealer's choice you're the uh, you're the expert i just work here <laughs> all right well which, is, well which is a line from speed by the way We'll, we'll cover we'll cover all the eight major categories um we'll, we'll do screenplay very 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 quickly um and I just now one thing I do want to say before we make our predictions, Bill, sure. is I know all of you out there think that this year everything is a lock. 
Um, you know, it's not going to be that exciting of a ceremony. It's going to be the boyhood show, right? That's certainly. I, no, I thought that's it's going to be the American Sniper show. We'll, we're, we'll talk about that in our predictions. Um, but. Now, look, could Boyhood certainly sweep a lot of awards? Yes, that absolutely could happen, but it is not the Stone Cold block that everybody thinks there is. I think there are some legitimate Best Picture nominees that could win this award that are not Boyhood. I mean, we'll obviously save Best Picture for, for last, mm -hmm. um, but and I think a lot of that sentiment comes from last year, right, where in all eight major categories, last year was kind of boring. Yeah. everything that was supposed to win won. There was absolutely zero surprises, right? Um, Jeez, the last surprise, last surprise I can remember was the year before was when Christoph Waltz kind of came out of nowhere and won it for Django. That shocked me because no one had him. We none of we we definitely didn't predict him. We were in Houston. I mean, the reason why I thought he had no chance was he had just won. Yeah, he just won, and he was going up against two other kind of older people who hadn't won in a while and were kind of Oscar royalty, right? With Tommy Lee Jones and um, Lincoln, and uh, yeah, yeah, and Robert and Robert De Niro and uh, and Silver Linings Playbook. I thought it was and, I thought it was De Niro all the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had I had Tommy Lee Jones pet in that one, but I I definitely had De Niro second though. Like I I just did not think Waltz had a chance, mostly because he had just won. But um, going, but going back to this year, you think because to me I see it on paper and I'm like ah oh, you know it's, I think I see a lot of layups, but you you don't see that. I see two layups. And we'll, I'll mention what those are when we get into the predictions. I see two stone cold layups. Um, but let's, but yeah, we'll, let's get into it. We'll, we'll talk about. Um, I'll just mention really quickly the screenplay categories. You know, if you want to make predictions for these two as well, yeah. Awesome. Why, why, why don't I? Uh, I'll read them out for you. And, yeah, go uh, ahead. Okay, so we're gonna. You want to start with adapted? Let's go with adapted. Okay, so uh, the Oscar nominees for best adapted screenplay are Jason Hall for American Sniper. Uh, Graham Moore for The Imitation Game, Paul Thomas Anderson for Inherit Vice, Anthony McCartan for The Theory of Everything, and Damien Chazelle for Whiplash. I might have given his last name a little more jazz. I don't know if that's pronounced right. That's, that's fine with me. Um, this is, you know what? We should have started with original because this is actually one of the categories that stresses me out the most. Because no, I want you to sweat, man. <laughs> man, I'm just I'm telling because it's here's the thing. There there are really two options here. It's gonna be one of two movies. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be Whiplash or um Imitation Game. And it is one movie that I don't hate, but really don't like a whole lot with the imitation game against my favorite movie of the year, Whiplash. And this is for all of you out there listening, this is Dan Cohen telling you to do your homework. Get out there and see Whiplash. It is the best movie of 2014. Go see it. Um having said that though. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be imitation game. I hate that I'm saying that. I want to pick with my heart, but I'm going to go with my head. Um, it's just more of an Oscar-y type screenplay. Whiplash, even though they're kind of with the screenplay category, the Academy's willing to go a bit more risky. Um, I, I have a feeling it's going to be the safe pick imitation game here, and a lot mostly because I don't think imitation game will win anywhere else. So. Uh, I'm going to be... go a little opposite on you. I'm going to go, instead of going with my heart, I'm going to go with my wallet. I am going to go with American Sniper. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, I think because it's taking someone's personal book like this that is a controversial book and making it into this movie that has become this phenomenon, um, I just have this feeling. Uh, so I'm going with gut and my wallet, I guess. Uh, I think this is American Sniper's one to take. 
It's a great screenplay. Um, I would definitely, for me personally, I would have the third in the running. Um, I guess it's, yeah, it's not completely impossible. I mean, um, Paul Thomas Anderson, I mean, he should be given some credit because from what I heard, Thomas Pynchon's American Vice, uh, uh, American Vice, geez, I just, I just think uh, that's like the sorry. sequel to American Gangster. Um, what a disappointing movie. Uh, Inherit Vice was such a dense, crazy book to adapt to the screen. That you, you were just trying to tee me up. You you want me to go on an no 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 no. I'm just, no I, I know you're. Listen, I, <laughs> I might want to, but for the sake of time, I'm just saying. Like, and, and any other, if that movie had been better, I think that would be your lock because of the dense source material. Look, I okay. like I like Paul Thomas Anderson. Don't get me wrong. I think he's great. This movie was a miss, and for that movie to be nominated for best screenplay, it's a mess. It's a complete mess. It's a complete joke. Uh, I don't like it, and the fact that you were saying too, like the Gone Girl screenplay, for that to yes. get pushed out and the inherent vice screenplay to be in there, rubbish. Um, but you know what, Bill? Can I just? I'm gonna switch Go. my pick uh, if if you'll allow me to. If you'll just allow do me it. to screw it. Screw it. I'm going with my heart. Damien is gonna win for Whiplash. It's just it is such a rich screenplay with dialogue that will knock you on your ass. Um, screw it. I'm going with Whiplash. All right, man. So now we're going to go to Best Original Screenplay. The nominees are uh, Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance by Alejandro Iranitu, Nicholas Giacobone, Alex Alexander Delares, and Armando Bow. Hey, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, You're doing Boy- fine. You're doing Boyhood fine. by Richard Linklater, uh, Foxcatcher by E. Max Fry and Dan Futterman. Oh, man. I didn't know he wrote that. Um... <laughs> Dan Futterman of Al, it was the Ally McBeal fame, right? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, he, you know, he's a character. Oh, you know what? He was the. I'm pretty sure he was the son on, in the Birdcage. So, if, if people want a point of reference, mm-hmm. uh, okay, the Grand Buddhist Best Hotel, um, which is Wes Anderson, and it's also Hugo Guinness is uh, credited in there, and the Nightcrawler by Dan Gilroy. Who you got for this one? I am going to go with. Oh, my heart would love to give it to Wes Anderson. I would love to give it to Wes Anderson. I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan, and this was the most Wes Anderson of Wes Anderson movies, and I'm so happy he got nominated. He's not going to win. I think this goes to Birdman. Uh, Reason being, I think uh, Boyhood is the sexy pick, but to me it seems like, and I haven't seen it, but on paper it seems like more of a a directorial piece than a written piece. And that's why, and I'll get to why my thoughts on that for Best Director. But I really think it's going to be Birdman because it's such a unique script. And that, well, it, that's my choice. Yeah, so with, with Boyhood, um, and I, I, I like Boyhood a lot. I think it's great. I know there's kind, of, there's kind of a little bit of a sentiment out there that Boyhood is really, really overrated. A lot of people do not love, are not in the Boyhood camp. They say um, it's a gimmick, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that later, but uh, so let me just say this, but this, even though Boyhood is the front runner in picture and director, this is the category it should really not win, and it won't, it won't. It's not like a, I mean, it's got some well-written scenes, I mean, don't get me wrong, but it's not, you don't really think of Boyhood for the screenplay. Um, this is an absolute dead heat between Birdman and the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, it's very close. And, Bert, and both are both are really good movies. I love Birdman. Um, it's got some, it kind of like Whiplash. It's got some dialogue that will really knock you on your ass. Um, I think it kind of loses it a little bit in the third act. Um, and I actually think I think this is going to be Wes Anderson's award. I really I do. I would love that. I, I think it's going to happen. And I am 
there is no bigger Wes Anderson fan than me. Do Grant you think it's Mia, almost like a man? You've done so many good things. Here it is. This is going to be your award. That might help him get him over the hump, over Birdman. But I also think, I mean, well, let me just say this: the Grand. I like the Grand Budapest Hotel. Really good movie. Um, it's not my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Neither is mine. Now, now, now having said that, though. I would be so thrilled for him to win this. That would honestly probably be like one of my favorite Oscar moments to see that guy finally win a statue. He deserves it. He's one of the best directors and writers working in Hollywood today. Absolutely. Uh, and I think it's going to happen. I think that the Grand Budapest. I think they're going to want to give the Grand Budapest Hotel something, and that is the 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 writing is absolutely the most viable option. It's got a lot of great characters. It's very well put together. And uh, I think it's going to be Anderson's award. I think Birdman, we're, I'll, I'll mention this too when we talk about Best Picture. It's definitely a frontrunner for Best Picture. I think it might be too hip for some Academy voters. I guess. But uh, I'm going with Anderson here. Okay, so I want to, because we were talking about Best Song earlier, I want to go into that because I just changed my pick. Um, the uh, nominees for Best Original Song are Everything is Awesome from the Lego Movie, Glory from Selma, Grateful from Beyond the Lights. I can't even believe that was nominated. Um, I'm Not Gonna Miss You from Glenn Campbell, I'll Be Me, and Lost Stars from Begin Again. And Dan, I'm just going to jump into who's going to win. Okay, go for it. Glenn Campbell's going to win this. Here's why. He's on He's on his deathbed. He's, 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 he's dying. I mean, it's pretty much he had his last tour, his last album, and what better way to celebrate the the career of, of an artist with Glenn Campbell's, uh, you know, stature and legend, um, than giving him an Oscar. I it seems, it seems like sound logic. I'm going to, I'm going to trust your expertise on that one. Um, I don't have a lot of knowledge or expertise. In I, I just, I literally, ju- I literally just saw it. And I was like, up oh, there's your winner. So I, I think Oscar is going to go with the sentimental vote this year. I mean, everything is awesome. will be performed. Uh, but I, I think it'll be Glenn Campbell. So they could be gotcha. like, "Hey, you've got here's this is our this is our you know job well done for a great career." Um, hey, Rhinestone Cowboy, baby, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, Oscars have certainly played that game before. Um, would you like to do uh, cinematography or no? Uh, we can quickly do cinematography. All right, cool. Uh, the only thing I'll say, uh, first of all, why don't you read off the nominees? Sure. Well, we have Birdman, which is uh, Emmanuel Luzbecki, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Robert Yeoman. Ida by Lukasz Zal and Richard Lezuski, uh, Mr. Turner, Dick Pope, and Unbroken Roger Deakins. So, you know what? I'm actually glad you brought this category up. Because so, Roger Deakins couple... isn't going to win? <laughs> well, here's the thing. And he should for something. So, for those who don't know, Roger Deakins has been a cinematographer in Hollywood, like, forever. And he's done, go look him up. You'll, your jaw will drop. At some of the movies he's done, he's he's done like ninety nine percent of the Coen Brothers movies. Um, and the guy has never won. He's been he's the Randy Newman of the cinematography world. Uh, he's never won, and you know it's interesting because uh, Dan, if I can interrupt you for one second, go, I will yeah, read ahead. you off some of the movies he has been the yeah, cin- cinematographer for. And I'm just going to take me one second to make sure I have the okay. Going back to Okay, I'm just going back to 1980. Let's just go up. He uh, a cinematographer for Sid and Nancy. He was a cinematographer for Air America. I just like the fact it was Air America's on there. Uh, 
Barton Fink, Thunderheart, The Hudsucker Proxy, Shawshank Redemption, Dead Man Walking, Fargo, Courage Under Fire, Kundun, The Big Lebowski, The Hurricane, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, The Man Who Wasn't There, A Beautiful Mind, uh, The House of Sand and Fog, Jarhead, The Village, No Country for Old Men, The Assassination of Jesse James, Doubt, The Reader, Revolutionary Road, A Serious Man, True Grit, The Company Men, In Time, Skyfall, Prisoners. There are so many Best <laughs> Picture absurd. nominees <laughs> in that list, and he's never I don't won. know what... We, we should look up what won in the year that Shawshank didn't. But, I mean, uh, the fact uh, that he didn't win cinematography for Shawshank Redemption, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I don't even want to and know. And Fargo, for that matter, too. I mean, those... Uh, so... Just to give people an idea, there's Roger Deakins, okay? Um, you know, it's funny because I don't know, I, I haven't seen Unbroken. Uh, and from everything you read, it's like the most mediocre film like ever made in the history of cinema. Uh, so for him to win for Unbroken after that kind of career would be kind of funny. Uh, and that's why it could happen. It could happen. I would say it's going to be Roger Deakins just because it's Roger Deakins or it'll be Birdman. I think in any other year, it would just be... Yeah, in any other year, I think it would just be Birdman. You know what, though? I, I, I just think it's been it's been too long. I think the Academy members are going to be like, "This is ridiculous." Just give the just give the guy a statue. And you know, it's funny because normally, like ninety nine percent of the time, I would be against giving someone the sentimental Oscar pick just because it should be the best. Whatever the best work is in that category, that's what should win. I'm going to break my rule though. Just give the just give it to Roger Deakins. We're crying out loud. Like it's just absurd that he has not won yet. So I'm gonna go with Deakins. Uh, uh, I'll go with Birdman. Uh, so we'll move on to best animated feature since we did give this a little bit of time earlier. The nominees sure. are Big Hero Six, The Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon Two, Song of the Sea, and The Tale of Princess Kayuga. Uh, Kaguya. Um, my pick is How to Train Your Dragon Two. Because, for some reason, everyone in the world loves How to Train Your Dragon. I think it is so ho-hum, but people love it. And that's why I think it's going to win. That's the movie I thought should not have been nominated, and the Lego movie should have taken its place. Henceforth, that is why that movie is going to win the Oscar. Can you indulge me in a rant for just a second? Uh, yeah, let's, let's keep it tight, but yeah, go for it. <laughs> Best animated feature. So, I just want to say that I am against having a best animated feature category. It should just be nominated with the rest of the best picture nominees. And this is why I know a lot of people like having a best comedy category in the Golden Globes. I don't like it. I think that is when you start expanding categories, you become the college ball system. Uh, yes. uh, and just just nominate them with the other movies. I don't like that it has its own category. Was it so, Toy Story 3 nominated for best picture? It was, it was. But you have to remember, that was in that two years of we will nominate the genre type films. It's, can you imagine true, yeah. that if it was in this new voter system that Toy Story 3 probably would not have been nominated for Best Picture, which is just, I can't even fathom that. But, uh, but yeah, Bill, I'll just, I'll just go with How to Train Your Dragon 2. I'm not, I haven't seen these movies, and you're right, but I haven't seen either of those movies, but the previews just, they look so mediocre and just I, I think the fan favorite is is big hero six that that's got the most fan love but we'll see if that that that's uh, i think that's the number two yeah. and, but, but with but with that you know you always have to take the um the the dark horses because they always sneak up out of nowhere 
so now we can move into supporting or we could go into best director. I think let's go into supporting. Well, let's do the actor. Let's do the acting first. So I read off the supporting actress nominees. Uh, okay, the nominees for best supporting actress are Patricia Arquette for Boyhood, Laura Dern for Wild, Kira Knightley for The Imitation Game, Emma Stone for Birdman, and Meryl Streep for Into the Woods. Uh, I'll, uh, if I had to go with my gut here, I think it's a two-horse race, and I think that's between Patricia Arquette and Emma Stone, and I think Patricia Arquette gets it for... The fact is, Patricia Arquette, how many times has she been nominated before, and supposedly this is the absolute biggest and best performance of her career. Um, you know, as much as I loved her as Alabama Warley and True Romance, I don't think the Academy did. So uh, I, I think it's going to be Patricia Arquette for Boyhood. This is, you're right, it's a, it's a two-horse race. And, um, you know, I think I, I like all the nominees in this category. It's Except for Meryl Streep, dude. I, I, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's right. I, I just, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, it's Meryl Streep, great. Uh, th- honestly, I, I really am just convinced they nominate her just because they want to continue padding her stats. Yeah. Um, I do think she'll win a fourth Oscar eventually. I, I yes, honestly I do believe too. that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it, this should have been Jessica Chastain for uh, a most violent year, yes. which I know a lot of people didn't see, but unbelievable movie and um it's you know it's one of those things they waited too long to release that movie i know I think they, they definitely did because i'm surprised it, it, oscar it, isaac didn't get anything either i mean that movie looks amazing oh he's amazing in that film a uh, most i here overall in all categories is is honestly a snub for me but uh getting off tangent here um and you know and kira knightley i know i've done a lot of complaining about the imitation game i actually think she's the one element in the movie that is great so i have she's no problem just, i think she's the kind of like the roger deacons about she has been nominated multiple times i believe for awards and she just seems like oh well she's really good we nominate her but eh, she ain't gonna win I, I think the academy likes her a lot i mean i i feel like i feel like amy adams is the roger deacons of uh she's been i think amy adams has been nominated five times yeah but she's won hasn't she she's never won that's ridiculous yeah, well, not as ridiculous as Leonardo DiCaprio never winning, but we or, are. Or right. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, let's uh, not do that. No. But, uh, but yeah, as far as this race goes, though, you're right. It's a, it's. I'm not going to say it's a dead heat. I do think Emma Stone is a lot closer than people think. I think so too. I think I think the problem is that Patricia Arquette is just consistently awesome in that movie, and it is one of the best elements to Boyhood. Um, she deserves to win. Emma Stone, she has one monologue that will just destroy you. I mean, it is awesome. Uh, but I think the rest of the movie, she's very good, but she just doesn't have enough standout moments where I think Arquette does. And um, yeah, I think a little bit of like seniority here. She's been around for a while. It is her best role. So th- th- this is going to be Patricia Arquette for Boyhood. Okay, we move on to Best Actor in a Supporting Role, otherwise known as Best Supporting Actor. The nominees are Robert Duvall for The Judge, Ethan Hawke for Boyhood, Edward Norton for Birdman, Mark Ruffalo, or Mark Ruffalo, as some people call him, for Foxcatcher, and J.K. Simmons for Whiplash. Uh, I'm just going to start off here. Now, this is this is one of the two biggest locks of the night. Yes. Um, J.K. Simmons should win. J.K. Simmons will win. It is my favorite character of the year. The performance speaks for itself. It is absolutely in. Incredible. It is one of my favorite acting performances I've seen in recent memory. J.K. Simmons is the man. I love J.K. Simmons. He will win. It's funny though because I think all the I think all the nominees in this category are really really good. Um, poor Edward Norton. I mean, in any other year he probably would win this because he is really good in Birdman. But unfortunately, 
everyone just ran into the freight train that is J.K. Simmons. It's a lot. My wife is my wife is really upset because she works for Farmers Insurance and he is the spokesperson. Everyone in that company is convinced once he wins the Oscar, they will no longer have him as their spokesperson. <laughs> They're like, he'll just price it out, man. Uh, to me, yeah, it's J.K. Simmons all the way. I mean, I, like I said, I haven't seen much of these movies, but you, you just watch any of the clips from this movie, man, and he is just like, it's like one of the most captivating performances I've ever seen. And uh, and I'm just talking about like trailer clips, YouTube clips, I mean, and like the fact that this guy's getting me there. And I haven't even seen the whole movie. I mean, that speaks volumes. You are hanging uh, on every word that he says in that film. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I, you know what? Here's another guy who's like a longtime character actor. Uh, my favorite part of the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And uh, You mean the only good part? Oh, stop it. We could have a whole podcast on how the oh, first two please. movies Those are movies good. are terrible. No, no, no. Terrible. The third movie is one of the worst movies ever made. We'll argue on the other two movies at another time when we do our... We'll do a comic book movie podcast or something like that. We'll do a Spider-Man Sam Raimi Stinks trilogy podcast. That's fine. You, go need, ahead. you need to be with Logan Fowler on that one then. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so we're moving on to Best Actress. Uh, the nominees are Marion Cotillard for Two Days, One Night, Felicity Jones for The Theory of Everything, Julianne Moore for Still Alice, Rosemond Pike for Gone Girl, and Reese Witherspoon for Wild. Um. So I just watched Gone Girl again last night, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, and my God, is Rosemundy Pike, or Rosamund Pike, sorry. Yeah. Uh, she is just amazing. And it, 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 I think it's one of the biggest crimes that she is not going to win. Um, because I, I think she was just utterly incredible. She carries the whole movie, and a movie that has really good people in it. She mm -hmm. makes that movie. I mean, just her turn, the, the scene she has where she play acts with... Neil Patrick Harris, and then, uh, and then just like the, the how evil and manipulative she is in that movie, and you see her in other movies like The World's End and all these other things. And you're just like, my God, this this woman deserves it. But I really think the Gone Girl momentum is gone. No, jeez, that was terrible. Uh, and I think it's going to go to Julianne Moore. It, this is an uh, this is a Oscar bait role to a T. And still, Alice, for those who don't know, because it's still just kind of getting more of a, uh, a wide release. It's right. a woman dealing with Alzheimer's, which is, you know, that's stuff the Oscars go for. And Julianne Moore is just a, a fabulous actress. And there's not a movie I have seen her in where you're just like, oh, my gosh, she's just not good. There was a movie, and I'm just going to, I think, a movie called Blindness. I don't know if you saw that one, Dan. I did not. Uh, oh, it's just like everyone in the world goes blind but her. And it's like her, Ruffalo, uh, Danny Glover. And it, it's a terrible, terrible, heavy-handed movie. And I have to tell you, she just carries that movie. like with. And that's sucks. the sign of a great actor or actress, is uh, when you can carry yourself in crap. Oh, yeah. Uh, her name, they didn't even have character names. Her character is Doctor's Wife in that movie, um, which is ridiculous. But, yes, this is Julianne Moore for me. Yeah, this... Bill, this is the second rock of the night. Um, I know a couple months ago, one or two months ago, this this was kind of a tie race, kind of a three-way tie race between uh, Moore, Reese Witherspoon, and uh, and Rosamund Pike. But um, honestly, there is just too many factors working in Julianne Moore's favor. She, I think this is, I think it's her fifth nomination, something like that. And she's never won. She's been around forever. She's playing a woman, a fifty-year-old woman who has Alzheimer's disease. It's Oscar-y all over the place. I she's not she's not losing. It, it's this is a lock. And you are absolutely right though about Rosamund Pike. I think the thing is, 
is kind of what we were talking about earlier with Gone Girl, though, is it's, while it's a really well-calculated and great performance, I think it's just going to be too cold for the Oscar mm. voters. And um, this is going to be one of the reasons why I think Steve Carell won't win, and we'll, we'll get to that category next, but I think it's just she's too cold of a character. It's going to turn some people off. It is a, an excellent performance, though, and um, you know, she's just kind of coming out of the gate, too. I mean, this is certainly her first nomination. Um, who's, uh, who's the dark horse here? Because I, 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 I see... Well, it's Reese Witherspoon. I know. I, I actually think she's second in this category. I almost want to say, like, it wouldn't, like... If you're not going to surprise me with a Felicity Jones win, don't ask I, me why. It's just like this creeping feeling, like it's going to be the Adrian Brody. You know what I mean? And you know the theory. And the theory of everything is another. I like it a little more than something like the Imitation Game, yeah. um, but I do think it's overrated. Although Felicity Jones is the best element in that movie, I think. I quite honestly, I think she gives the tougher performance. But but Bill, to answer your question, Reese Witherspoon is the dark horse because. First of all, I've always felt that she was a great actress. I think there were some naysayers, though, on Weiss Witherspoon. But this is oh, the yeah. performance where re- she really got gritty, grimy, and it's something that I didn't even think she was capable of, and I've always liked her. Uh, it is an awesome performance. She can, You want to talk about carrying a movie? I mean, this is a Tom Hanks castaway-type performance. It is awesome. I actually have her ranked second in this, in this race. I, I really do. Uh, and she she's already won once, so if she hadn't, then I think this race would be a little bit tighter. But like we talked about, this is just there's just too many factors working in Julianne Moore's favor. She deserves it. She's a great actress. It'll be great to see her win. So Julianne Moore. Okay, so moving on to Best Actor, um, we have Steve Carell for Foxcatcher. We have Bradley Cooper for American Sniper. We have Benedict Cumberbatch for The Imitation Game. Michael Keaton for Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, and Eddie Red- Redmayne for The Theory of Everything. I got really radio announcery there for a second. Right, um, it's a big category. Uh, it, it really is, man. And uh, man, I, talk about when we we're talking about Gone Girl's tidal wave of of Oscar buzz. Steve Carell, man, he was like the guy. Like everyone's gonna be like, this is it. Here's your winner. Lock it up. And, That's what I thought. And. Yeah, it, it is not. I mean, I, I feel like he is an afterthought at this point, which is sad because it, this does not surprise me that Steve Carell gave a great performance like this. I think he's a great actor. I think he's fantastic. Um, but this is the toughest category for it's me the, to call. It's the closest category of the night. And I have seen... Now, Eddie Redmayne's taken... Now, I'm, I'm just trying to hash out my, my logic. Eddie Redmayne's taken all the Guild Awards. He's taken a lot of the big awards. Whatever. Uh, well, no, well, disagree with me if I'm wrong. No, uh, no, no. Go ahead. Um, yes. And I've seen a lot of buzz from, you know, I, I think you have to throw Carell and Cumberbatch out at this point. I think they're out. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is, like, Bradley Cooper, I feel like, has gotten, like, great word of mouth, but has not won an award. And while Michael Keaton has, so, man, this is, this is like, this is a real head-scratcher for me. Oh, this My is heart... My heart, as I am sure yours does, goes to Michael Keaton, because I, I, to me, it just the man is uh, it has had a great career, and it, this this comeback he's had, even the little stuff like when he was in the other guys, he to me was the best part of that movie. I mean, I love that movie regardless, but right, he he's amazing in it, and it just always he just like this is his career performance, and you know what. I just can't, but I just can't see him win. I, I just, it's, Go with your heart, come on. You know what? He, he's Jeff Bridges this year. He's Jeff Bridges this year. I say Michael Keaton. All right. 
So, like, like hey, he's not going to win, but you know, that's my heart. Well, 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 I think I think this is the closest category of the night. Um, and yeah, I've, Cumberbatch is out. Yeah, he's done. I mean, Steve Carell. I maybe like a few weeks ago, I thought maybe an upset, but no, nah, it's not going to happen. And I just want to say that along with J.K. Simmons. Steve Carell gave my favorite performance of the year. I mean, if you have not seen Foxcatcher, he will blow you away. He is so unsettling in that film. And this is coming from someone I I was not a big Steve Carell guy. I really wasn't. Huh. Um, in fact, it's funny because I actually probably like his dramatic work more than his comedic work. Um, but he is just, he owns it in Foxcatcher. But yeah, he's not going to win. So Eddie Redmayne, he gives a good performance. I'm not taking anything away from his performance in the theory of everything. I get it. He's playing a very, very well-noted figure in Stephen Hawking, a guy who's got ALS. I get it. Very challenging performance. He deserves some of these accolades, but I don't think he does not deserve to win this award. And for me, it comes down to this. And I, I wrote about this in doing my Oscar breakdowns of all the categories. Yeah, you could, uh, uh, yeah, you could just, uh, if you're on the site, just type in Oscar Watch uh, in our search in our search bar, and you will find all of Dan's breakdowns for all these categories. By the way, and what I said was is that with Eddie Redmayne, I can imagine a lot of other actors doing what he did in that role. And when I look at a performance like Steve Carell in Foxcatcher, Michael Keaton in Birdman, Bradley Cooper in American Sniper, I don't see any other actors in those roles. They just transcend the screen. They are awesome. And look, like I said, he's good. Redmayne's good, but I think he's also one of those actors that I, I'm not going to say he's a one hit wonder, but I don't think we're going to see a lot of them. I'm not saying he's going to be Cuba Gooding Jr. All right. So everybody relax. I'll disagree with you on that. Um, you you uh, So you, okay. You probably feel stronger about uh, than me. Uh, well, I mean, do you think of look at Redmayne's career so far? I mean, he was yeah. a main, main part of Les Mis. Which I don't think he was very good in. Well, Sorry. I'm just saying he's a main part of it. He was a main part of, um, what was it, a year with Marilyn uh, that, uh, got oh, all, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Michelle Williams got nominated for it. So he has, he is, listen, he is not going to be, to me, a, uh, he was also in Jupiter Ascends. Um, Which so, his, and I haven't seen Jupiter Ascending, but his performance is getting absolutely ripped to shreds. And just for the record, no, I don't think that's going to hurt his no, Oscar it, it chances. Won't. It's It's been buried. It won't. So. Um, I think he's going to be a guy who's, he's going to be that British actor who will be the the villain in maybe one or two big budget movies, and then he's going to stick to costume drama. I, I, I don't think this is the last that we've... He will not fade away into obscurity like a Cuba Gooding Jr. I think he has a, a heck of a career ahead of him, because I, I think he's a pretty good actor. Um, but that's... that's I, sorry, I had to interject there for a second. No, no, that's fine. And, and like I said, I, I'm not saying like he's bad in the movie or anything. I, he's, he's good. I just don't... I just want to compare it to the Corrells and the Bradley Coopers and the Michael Keatons. They just, they just give another level of performance that trumps his. And now who's going to win this award? I'm really, really tempted to call the crazy upset and say Bradley Cooper. There's just, I don't know what it is. It's not crazy though. I just have this feeling that, I mean, you look at that performance and he has so many Oscar type moments. Uh, As much as I want to pick him though, at the end of the day, it's going to be Michael Keaton for Birdman. I think that the idea of this guy who obviously was in, a, in an iconic role in the late 80s doing Batman and the fact that he just he could never break out of that typecasting and he tried for years, you know, God bless him, he tried. And he just, I don't want to say he faded into obscurity, but certainly became, I mean, I, this, this was a guy, he was in post-grad a few years ago in a supporting role, post-grad with 
Gilmore's Girl, Alexis Blydell. And I think that that the Oscars really love that comeback story, added to the fact that it's a comeback story basically about what his career has been. I mean, yes, it is the whole art imitating life to the the fullest degree. Um, But aside from all that stuff, it is just a monumental performance. And I think at the end of the day, that's going to garner the votes. I, he's going to win this. I'm going with Michael Keaton, and it's not just me going with my heart. I, I really, truly believe he will take this one. All right, man. Let's move on to best directing. Uh, we have Andre Irinitu. Uh, oh, geez, Alejandro Irinitu. Uh, I guess we'll never interview him. He did a uh, good job. For, good. for uh, I called him Andre instead of Alejandro. Uh, for Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Richard Linklater for Boyhood. Bennett Miller for Foxcatcher. The Grand Budapest Hotels, Wes Anderson, and Dan's boy, Morton Tildum, for the Imitation Ooh. Game. Uh, to me, this is the... Uh, Dan, I don't know if you want to take it or not, but to me, I think this is the slam dunk. I think, for me, really? I think it's Linklater all the way. And I think you go with the fact this project has taken as long as it has, the dedication it's taken to get a boyhood made. I think they're going to, the Academy is going to recognize the fact that Richard Linklater has had a storied career. Uh, yeah, sure, he's had some hits or misses. Uh, sure, he's had his, I'm sorry, he's had some hits or misses, geez. He's had his moments where he's been meh. Uh, and, you know, but he's always been recognized. People like him. You know what I mean? I mean, he did the Bad News Bears in oh, 2005. Come on. Uh, I didn't realize he actually did School of Rock. That's funny. Um I think it's 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 him all the way. I mean, this is like this is his this is his masterpiece. This has been his pet project for what twelve to fifteen years. He got it made, and it's been one of the most well received movies of the year. Uh, you know, multiple he's got multiple wins and and a lot of big big award shows. I just think it's him all the way for me. This is a slam dunk for me. I'm pulling. I'm, I'm going with the upset. It's inner two for Birdman. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, well, first of all, I mean, like I said, I'm just really happy to see Ben and Miller nominated here. He will win a Best Director Oscar at some point. In this Eventually, movie. yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, you know, definitely out more until they get out of here. Um, and Wes, Wes Anderson. Ar- Wes Anderson. Get, yeah. yeah, he'll get, he, he will be not, he will get the screenplay award. Um, even though, I mean, Grand Blue Festival, I mean, I guess he's sort of like a little mini Dark Horse, but because it's a very, it's definitely, the Grand Blue Pest Hotel is definitely his most well-crafted movie. I guess you could argue in terms of how complex it is, but uh, he, he's not going to win this. This is the two horses between Birdman and Boyhood. So here's the thing. Boyhood, like I said, I like it a lot and I really admire a lot of how it was constructed and, you know, doing the whole filming over 12 years saying, you know, whatever. And I'll talk about that more in the best picture um, topic, but I think one of the things that might hurt Richard Linklater is, you know, part of a director is getting great performances out of your actors. And I think the one thing that you can say with Boyhood is that a lot of people are kind of in agreement that the main, the main character, the main kid, I think his name is L.R. Coltrane. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, his performance is just kind of okay. And I think because he's such the crucial part to that film, I think that might be enough to hurt Linklater in getting this award. Like I said, I admire a lot, and if he won this, I'd have no problem with it. I think Linklater is a great director. I think he did a great job. Birdman is just so stylish, and a lot of like the one continuous shot scenes, 
uh, it's very artfully done, but it's not like in your face about it. Like, I don't think it's so artsy done that it's going to turn people off. We don't think I it's going to be too hip. Like you kind of like how we said with, uh, with the writing. Well, save now, now save that for our next category. Okay. We want to talk about that later, but I think in terms of the directing, just because it's so well made in terms of how you're getting a lot of, I mean, the performances are just off the charts and not only that, I mean, he won the Director's Guild Award. He was the winner. Birdman also won the Producer's Guild Award. And that's why I ultimately think that Inoritu is going to get this, is because he's getting great performances, the craftsmanship of the picture, everything that's going into it, all the layers and all that stuff that people love to talk about. I think he's pulling the upset here. All right, man. All right. So we're at odds for that one. We now, are at odds on that one. So now we're going to go to the granddaddy of them all, the main event. The reason why we all watch the Oscars to find out what the best picture of the year is. All right, the nominees for best picture are not Fifty Shades of Grey. It is actually American Sniper, Birdman, Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Okay, so I'm going to play the elimination game. Uh, what is not going to get nominated? Oh, it not doesn't have a shot. I think we're going to toss out Imitation Game. Agree. Uh, we're tossing out Whiplash. Agree. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think you have to toss out the Grand Budapest Hotel. Sadly. I'm not with you on that. I'm not with you on that, but go ahead. Keep going. And I think you're going to sort of theory of everything out. Yes. So to me, it's down to Sniper, Birdband, Boyhood, Selma. Now, the conspiracy theorist in me would say Selma's going to win because they need to do a big mea culpa for everything that happened, but I don't see that happening. Uh, it's that would be really weird. Uh, so I don't see Selma winning. I think I just I think I, just depending on Selma for a second. Um, just the fact, I mean, you're talking about goose eggs across the board in all other nominations except for best song, and it was just odd to me that it got nominated because there it, it got nothing else, like not even like editing or like cinematography. So look, Selma's just there. It's not going to win. Okay. We're going with, so we're down to three, American Sniper, Birdman, and Boyhood. Uh, well, let me just touch on Grand Budapest really quickly, but I do agree. Those are the top three. Like, that, those are, uh, yeah, Grand Budapest, like, probably not going to win. I, I think just, just a slither of a chance, just because. Oh, yeah, I'll listen. It's, it's not. Really, it's really well loved, um, and it's just, it's got a lot of other nominations across the board. I mean, I guess the fact, I mean, you're not seeing any acting yeah, nominations. Yeah, that's what I was just so, going to say. There's no yeah. acting there, so that, but so I, that kind of plays into some of the, what I'm going to come up with. American Sniper, Clint Eastwood, not nominated for Best Director. Yeah. Uh, so that's an interesting wrinkle in the whole thing. If I have to choose, I I, I don't think Boyhood's going to win. I, I I don't see it winning. I think that's why my pick is Linklater for Director. Um, I think the like you said, the lead actor not being nominated nor getting great uh, praise out of it uh, was was uh, is going to hurt it. Uh, and I think it's uh, a lot of people. A lot of people will see it as a gimmick, uh, and that's why people like it, or that's why it got so much praise because it's gimmicky, quote unquote. Uh, and I really think this comes down to American Sniper and Birdman. And I cannot see Birdman winning it, so I'm going to go with American Sniper. Um, I America uh, people criticize uh, someone on Facebook recently criticized that Americans uh, the Oscars love war movies, and they just like praising soldiers. Well, I think, first off, that second part is wrong. 
Um, I think the first part is right. Uh, The Academy Mm -hmm. has a long and storied history of nominating war pictures and uh, not only nominating, but they've been winning. I mean, gosh, I mean, so many war pictures have won. In just in recent memory, uh, the Hurt Locker. Yeah, Hurt Locker Locker in 09. Although, to to be fair, though, 2009 was a weak year for movies. Uh, And an international conflict. I mean, Argo. Yep, I mean, absolutely. So I, I really see this winning. I think we've heard the performances. I've heard the, nothing but great things out of the performances. Even though she wasn't nominated, I hear really great things about Sienna Miller, who is someone who has really been derided for the majority of her career is not a very good actress. Uh, yet, and the only reason she gets roles is because she's quote-unquote attractive. Um, I actually think she's pretty decent. Uh, I, I think this is this touches on a very relevant social issue and i think everything i've heard from it is this movie is you know an all all around is a great movie like every aspect the technical aspect the writing the direction the performances it is the whole ball of wax and i just can't see it losing i think it's got such as we called it right at the end of the year right around golden globes time you and i were both like wow this is really gonna this is gonna be the movie that kind of hits people out of nowhere because it was released so late in the year. But yeah. the the I mean it's it's like an oncoming hurricane. You cannot stop this movie, and I think it's going to take it. And I think it's going to win a lot of the. It's going to we didn't touch on these, but I think it's going to win a ton of technical awards coming in. Yeah, oh, it definitely has a good chance with all the technical awards. Absolutely, and I think look, I mean for for the for the two people out there that have not seen American Sniper, uh, me being uh, one of them, yes. I, yeah, yeah, to the theater and see American Sniper. I mean, first of all, it is an awesome movie. Great, great movie. I loved it. One of my favorites of the year. Um, it deserves all the praise that it's getting. And look, there is no question. I mean, the momentum train is in full effect and absolutely has a big possibility of taking this award. Uh, I guess at the end of the day, I just don't think it's going to be. I just think the momentum is not going to be enough to vault it over, over the top. And I think you have to. I think you have to look at the fact that Clint Eastwood not being nominated for Best Director is kind of a sign, even though I mean, we've seen it happen before. We've we seen, seen it happen with Argo. Saw it happen with Argo really recently when the director isn't in there, the Best Picture is still won. Um, so I think all of your reasoning is great. Uh, to me, though, I just don't think it's been enough momentum to vault it over the two big heavy favorites, which is Birdman and Boyhood. So we were talking about Best Director before, right? And it's funny because we're like, we're the exact opposite with Boyhood on these two categories. I think everything that you said for Linklater winning for Boyhood is why it's going to win Best Picture. The, the 12-year thing, and I, I really don't think it's a gimmick. I really don't. And I, believe me, I am the first person to call a movie out on just trying to write off its gimmick. I don't think Boyhood does that. I think it's a legitimately great film, kind of like how I felt about... Um, the artist in 2011, where I think a lot of people felt that, Oh, it's just this silent movie, whatever. It's just going to, yeah, it it is absolutely deserving of that win. It's a great movie. Uh, But with boyhood, I, I, you know, I'm tempted to say Birdman, but like, like, like I've been talking about though, I think it is that it's just a little too hip. It's a little too meta for the Academy I think it's going to be nom- I think it's going to get an acting accolade, like we talked about with Keaton. Um, I think it's certainly in the running, running for best screenplay, which is not going to win. But I think it's the type of movie that I think they will give best director to because it's just so well made, so well. It'll edited, win the Independent you know. Spirit Award. Probably. You know, it, 
But I, I, I just think that when you're talking about a movie like Boyhood, which is such a monumental achievement in the eyes of so many people, that's your best picture winner. I just don't... It's, it's not a lock, though. It is absolutely not a lock. I think American Cyber and Birdman are definitely capable of upsetting it, but when you have a movie that was 12 years in the making, which they're really going to sell it on, I think a lot of Academy voters are buying into it, that's your winner. Well, the one thing uh, is that Clint Eastwood, too, is that I, I, you know, and, and these are all like intangibles, and this is all right. our, our theories and postulations. How many more? Like, this is Clint Eastwood's best movie in forever. Oh, yeah, easily since and, probably a million dollar baby. Yeah, and you know that, that. So people could say, well, he's won a whole bunch, so whatever. I think he, I don't know. I think Eastwood still might have to repent for J. Edgar, as great as American Cyber oh, was. God, uh, I saw the movie too. Still, yeah, yeah. You want to talk about a great actor carrying absolute crap? Okay, Leonardo DiCaprio is the man, but go ahead. Go um, on. I think maybe that people see this as, hey, this is Clint's last movie, man. Like, this is going to be his last masterpiece. Probably. I mean, and, have... and the thing is, people might say, like, well, that's a weird reason, but it's like the uh, the economy is made of weird people. <laughs> like, and sentiment, uh, you know, definitely carries here. So... You don't think the contra like you know, there's always going to be a, like some type of controversy with a movie like American Sniper. Oh god! And if, and if to... they and if they don't win, man, you thought this like there was the Selma outcry, dude. American Sniper not winning is going to be like so many people are going to freak out over that too. Yeah, I'm not saying people, that they're going to annoy people. Expecting it though, I I don't think there's going to be like I, I think that the common viewer knows that Boyhood is the front runner. Whereas you know when when the nominations were coming out, I feel like a lot of People felt like, oh, well, David Oyelowo, you know, he's definitely getting a nomination for Best Actor, and he didn't. So that's where the outcry came. I think people are expecting the Boyhood win, which is why I don't think you're going to get a lot of hemming and hawing. I see. Yeah. Side. See, that's the thing, man. I, I I think it's the opposite. I think a lot of people, because of the the not the the general movie going public, like the, no, I'm sorry, not the insiders, like the people who critic, critic, you know, like a person like you. Who is a critic? I'm talking about the regular movie-going average Joe is going to be like America Sniper is going to win. It's going to win. It's going to win. I think there is a um, there's a definite divide between the movie slash Academy um, public um, right. community and the general community who are going to say American Sniper is going to be the best picture of the year. And but, I will say this: Boyhood. You know, I still think it's the clear front runner, and I do think it's going to win. Um, but there's no question; it, it's lost some momentum recently. I it, think there I has, think it has, yeah. I think there has been a sentiment of the arms folded of ah, this gimmick. This is just there's no plot to this. I was just watching this kid go through whatever twelve years of his life. Ah, it stinks. Um, I mean, I don't agree with that sentiment. I'm totally fine with Boyhood winning. But I, I you do know think what else? Here's what yeah, else. Uh, I think that uh, Birdman kind of plays the, and it's very weird. Uh, this yeah, yeah, parallel yeah. I'm going to make is the Ross Perot. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it has a similar angle. It's it's independent. It's oh maybe so maybe <laughs> Birdman won't win the Independence Spirit Award now, but it's independent. It's it's different. It's weird. Okay, we have these two independent weird movies, but like they're in competition with each other. Where you have the classic Oscar, like movie. the vintage Oscar type movie. Yeah, that, I mean, that is vintage. American Sniper is vintage Oscar. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's funny because I think, uh, you, you know, when American Sniper, when when the reviews were first starting to trickle in, um, which was a while ago, it wasn't like getting overwhelmingly positive reviews. And so I kind of forgot about it. I was like, ah, oh, this is probably just another Clint Eastwood, Eastwood mix. Like, you know, Bradley Cooper looks good, but whatever. But then it just, it just took off. 
And I think, you know, the amount of money that it's made, which has just been ridiculous. That's insane. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's great to see a movie like that make so much money. It, it kind of warms my heart. Um, it, but yeah, but there's no question. I mean, I, I think that your pick of it winning Best Picture, it's just because of all that momentum. And it's because I think you make a good point that it is kind of a vintage Oscar type movie. But I also think Boyhood is. In, yeah, in it's a, true. It's true. In a different kind of way. Um, because the Oscars, they do like to award that, you know, the achievement. And I think you can point to Boyhood as just like, wow, this was just a great movie achievement. Not everyone thinks that way, and I understand see, that. I, but I, I, but I, think, I think they're looking at it as – see, I see it as people are looking at it. This is a great achievement for Richard Linklater. That's why I'm going with him. Okay. That's why I think they'll split it because they'll be like, this is Richard Linklater's movie. This is his project. This has been his baby for years, whereas American Sniper or even Birdman, if you want to say – is a movie. You know what I mean? This is a film, whereas this was this guy. Like, it was their complete movie, whereas Boyhood is this guy's project. It's Richard Linklater's Boyhood, not just Boyhood. I think that's some ways people are viewing it, that they're seeing this is like Linklater's, this is his, his, his baby, his thing. You know what I mean? It wasn't Martin Scorsese's The Departed. It was just The Departed. You know, I'm just using that as an example. Um, I think one of the reasons, though, that um, I, I think that's a good point. Now, one of the reasons why I think when you look at a guy like uh, David O. Russell, right? So uh, well, you know, people just stuff, hate him. <laughs> I mean, there's that. Um, but I think but, but, but even but even with that, though, I mean, he was definitely one of the frontrunners for best director last year. I felt like um, I know he didn't win. But I think part of the reason is because he's just getting so many great performances from his actors. And I think that's a factor. And I think when you look at Birdman, it's just like it is it is littered across the board with just great performance here, great performance there. And there's a certain style to it. Whereas um, I don't think I think Boyhood is very even though it's got that achievement quality in it. There's just nothing really special about it in terms of direction and just sure. in the way it's how it's constructed. Um, but I think Birdman stands out a little bit more as a directorial effort, whereas Boyhood is just the overall picture, which is why I think it's going to win Best Picture. And that kind of brings us back a full circle, whereas you said, hey, everybody, it this does. is not the slam dunk everyone thinks it's going to be. It's so not. Watch the Oscars. Definitely watch the Oscars. All right, man. We I think we're going to put a bow on this. So, um, you know, for uh, we'll have this podcast up. Oh man, that's like totally inside baseball that no one needs to know. Uh, so uh, when, you hear, when, you, when you hear this, it will be up already. I can, I will one hundred percent guarantee that when you listen to this podcast, it will already be on the website. Oh god, we should do a podcast every week. Um, <laughs> we uh, we will be doing uh, Dan and I will be doing commentary slash um, a review of the whole show after the Oscars air on Sunday, February twenty second. I will be live tweeting. Uh, the entire show. Dan might join me a little bit. Uh, I, I'll be live tweeting if Bill can convince me. Um, but also, in, uh, you can. I still have a best picture breakdown analysis coming uh, next week that you can take a look at. Yes, look at look, uh, movies more and more directly. Uh, we will be. I'll be putting together a little Oscar primer for everyone. Uh, go to pop-break.com. You can find out. You can see all of Dan's Oscar watch pieces. There will be links to all the reviews for all the films that are out this year. And if you're going to follow us while we are live tweeting, we are on Twitter at popbreak.com, all spelled out. Uh, find us on Facebook, 
Facebook slash popbreak.com, all spelled out again. We are the same on Instagram. Um, we thank everyone for coming out, and we hope to see you at the Oscars on Sunday. Well, by seeing you, you'll run into us on our site or social media or something like that. So uh, for Dan Cohen, I'm Bill Bodkin. Thank you for joining us.